<sighs> All right, run it. Congratulations and accolades and applause out of the way to everyone, as I like to do on every episode. Uh, let me congratulate all of the graduates, the 2019 college graduates, man. No matter what school, no matter what university you went to, man, I want to congratulate you on your 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 achievement, reaching a milestone, on setting a goal and accomplishing it, and working hard to do what you gotta do, man. That's always an accomplishment. So shout out to everyone who some type of stage this past couple weeks you know what i'm saying i've been seeing so much excellence down the timelines on both instagram and twitter man and it puts a, a smile on my face for real for real i want to congratulate you guys um also just a congratulations to everyone who just completed another school year no matter what grade you in man that's a that's a very very big accomplishment you know we made it through um and the summertime is officially here and that feels good to say like I, I man, it's my favorite time of the year. No cap. Like I love this summer. It's nothing but straight, you know, just just good energy. Like you just step outside and you feel good. Like you just feel that. Like man, I want to be, I want to be productive today. That's just that that type of vibe is what's in the air. So um, yeah, man, we made it through. Uh, this summer is gonna be legendary. I'm telling y'all, like it's so much that is you know on the agenda to get done for this summer. So I'm excited to basically just you know get what i gotta get done done for the summer uh start working on monday writing early got an internship i gotta be downtown chicago at like 8 a.m bro so trying to adjust to that trying to get my sleeping schedule back right but the bag will get secured this summer i'm definitely been blessed to have a lot of opportunities that i'm looking forward to um and i hope everyone out there has a plan for the summer has some goals that they have set whether it's physical financial mental spiritual whatever it is man let's get to it we got three months to just basically just just get ourselves right 
no better time than the present. So, uh, yeah, cool. Now that that's out the way, <sighs> bro. So I, I purposely pushed off this 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 episode because uh, there were a couple things I was awaiting to come out. Um, first of all, I don't know if y'all can hear me over this beat. Let me just go ahead and cut this right quick. Um, bro, I bet. So hopefully y'all can hear me a lot better now. So like I was saying, I was I was a, like really pushing off the dropping of this episode and not even just the dropping, just simply the recording of this episode because there were a lot of stuff being announced um, that I was excited about and I was looking forward to and I wanted to make sure I, I talked about it on this episode um, that, you know, I was waiting for it to drop, like I said. So I kept pushing it back and I was basically just consuming all of the stuff that I was waiting for and everything finally came out. Things such as Tyler the Creator's Igor album, um, DJ Khaled's album. I'll talk about both of those. Um, very, very, very mixed reviews for both of those. Um, let me see. What else? What else? It was, damn, it was something else, bro. Uh, yeah, it was some topics that some people wanted me to talk about. Um, as homie said, me said they wanted me to talk about the Met Gala on here. Uh, some wanted me to try to attempt to talk about the Aisha Curry situation. I don't know if I'm in a position to really, uh, give my input on that, but for the sake of this podcast, I'll do my best. And there's a bunch of other stuff. I was waiting for the NBA lottery to happen, man. My heart was broken. We're going to talk about all of that. So go ahead and kick back and relax because you have episode five of the Emergent Billionaire Podcast kicking in your ear right now, baby. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to me, man, for real, for real. Uh, let me see. Where should I start? Forget it. Let's start with the uh, Met Gala. Let's go in chronological order, shall we? Um. Oh, yeah. Um, and I go by the name of Pat. Pat, what up? And I'm your host of this here podcast. All right. Uh, yeah. So let's start with the Met Gala. So the Met Gala, first of all, I'm not really too like well versed on what the Met Gala really is. I try so hard my, my I try my hardest to do the research on like what the Met Gala is almost every single year. For the past three years I've been like Googling what is the purpose of the Met Gala. Like who's responsible for it? Who is like eligible to be invited? What are the prices? Is it like a just invitation? Do you have to pay to get in? All of those things. I asked all of those questions for like the past three to four years, bro. No cap. And every year I'm still confused. But I had a friend who was able to enlighten me. And she informed me that it is a charity event where it's basically meant to really highlight designers quite as kept. Although the celebrities are, you know, the ones that are on front and center stage and they get all of the limelight. I heard that the designers are actually the ones that spend a lot of money to allow these celebrities to rock what they design. They're the ones that actually purchase the tickets and so the celebrities end up going for free, which is weird. That's a very weird concept. I don't get that. I really just believe that the Met Gala is an Illuminati link up, but that's a whole nother conversation for another conspiracy theory episode that I might do in the future. But, um, yeah, my grasp on what the Met Gala is truly for is very, very just minimal, I guess. But uh, that's not what people want me to talk about. Not what it's for. People want me to really talk about um, what occurred. 
and one of the biggest conversations were like uh, Frank Ocean's fit and how people were saying he looked like security, he looked like he was like security for Macy's or something like that, and he just came in real bland while other people were very extra, which is what I think the uh, the theme of this year's Met Gala. That's another thing. Every year there's a specific theme that designers are meant to follow. And the celebrities, like I said, they rock these themes and they have to you know, add their own little spice and own little creativity to it. And they go out and they do the thing. They look good. They look fresh. They look fly. And they just pose for the camera, I guess. So my man's Frank Ocean chooses to pull up very normal. This man had like, but he was rocking Prada, though. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. It was designer. He was dip, but it wasn't as flashy as you would expect designer clothing especially like one of one damn it's thunder loud bro one of one designer clone clothing to be right but uh frank pulled up with the reels smooth you know black prada jacket and then he had like a white shirt and a, a black tie that wasn't even tied to the t like he had it like kind of crooked a little bit and just some slacks and some black shoes and <laughs> it was real normal you feel me? Which was unorthodox because everybody else was very extra. Ye also pulled up with the with the Dickies fit. They were saying he looked like Julius from Everybody Hates Chris. That was hilarious to me. But no, Ye, um, the main story of the night was kind of Ye's theory as to why he dressed as he did. Apparently, he wanted to not be extra for the first time in his life since we've known Ye to be in his whole career. To not be extra so that his wife... Kim Kardashian West could have the limelight. And that that tugged a lot of heartstrings of a lot of people. And as I saw, it won a lot of people back. Like for Kanye and his fan base or the people or the like thereof that support him. You know. And I see a lot of people were like, you know, yeah, he's not really a bad guy. He just happens to have very sporadic, crazy moments here and there. But I think y'all just need to accept that's a part of Ye, man. He's going to have moments where he just out of pocket. You can't even, you can't, you can't, you can't predict this, man. He's unpredictable for real. So um, I thought that was really cool. That was very uh, chivalrous of Big Brother Ye to go ahead and do that and allow his wife, to, who is a very iconic person that a lot of people look up to, get the opportunity to have 100% of the limelight, even though one of the greatest living artists is by her side. So I applaud that man for that. Round of applause to my boy Ye for doing that. But, I mean, that's really all I have for the Met Gala. Like I said, I don't really know what's going on, nor do I really care. Um, but I feel like it's something cool. It's a, it's a, it's a, I heard, I watched a little Yanni interview one time. He said literally they just go there and they talk. Like, it's not an event where, like, there's a program, there's a host, there's a ceremony. It's nothing like that. It's literally they just mingle, they network, and then the night is over. So it's not really much you can say about an event where people just link up and chop it up. You know, that's we do that every day. So yeah, that's all I really have on the Met Gala. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. What next did I want to talk about? Okay, let me just go ahead and flow into the Aisha Curry mess. Alright, so for you guys who don't know, I'm pretty sure everyone has seen this by now, but for those who haven't, allow me to please inform you on what occurred. So, Aisha Curry, which is the wife of the greatest shooter in NBA history, Stephen Curry, uh, she went on Jada Pinkett Smith's 
Red Table Talk, which is her YouTube show slash podcast slash whatever you want to call it. Um, and she went on there and basically, first of all, the show is just a safe space for women to come together and speak their minds without the judgment of not only men, but, you know, you got those toxic women with just weird mindsets. So this Red Table Talk is designed to allow people to come and just speak their peace in a in a safe space without any repercussions, without anybody poking fun at their mindsets and what they think. So Aisha Curry goes on and like I just said, it was a safe space. So she felt inclined to speak how she felt. And she addressed that she isn't really fond of the fact that her husband gets a lot of attention and she's always, you know, standing by his side when random women just come up and throw themselves at him. And she has to sit there and just act like she's not bothered by it. But she also addressed that she herself feels some type of way because she doesn't get the attention that she feels as though she deserves as a woman, you know, from other men. And a lot of people didn't like that because they were like, well, you're you're married to one of the like most respected players in the NBA. And, you know, you got a lovely family, you got a bunch of kids, you have a great life. People were confused as to why she felt the need to need validation from men who were not Steph. And you, you had basically just every, every social media platform went to uproar. You had a lot of people giving their two cents in. And people were like, well, like, women, I saw a lot of women say that she was not in the wrong in what she said. Then, of course, I saw a lot of men saying, yo, what kind of bird activity is that? You're embarrassing your husband by going on this show. And this joint just went viral now. And. You know, this, that, and the third, we'll have to bam. So I, I want to give my two cents. I'm not going to analyze what other people were saying. I'm just going to talk about what I was saying. First of all, I understand what Aisha is saying to an extent. I feel it. I feel it. Of course, in this world, whether you're going to admit it or not, you want to be, you want to be felt as if you're accepted. You want to feel like you, you got the juice. You want to feel that. That's that's what keeps you alive. That's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you pushing and thriving. Knowing that you got some type of sauce. You knowing that when you walk into a room, somebody gonna turn their head and be like, "Damn, who is that?" You know what I'm saying? That just it just feels good. That just feels cool. So I felt that when she said, that, "I'm like, okay," and you can have you can be married and still desire that feeling. That's okay. And now that's when you know the husband has to come in and try to provide you with that feeling as much as he can. You know, if there's a void in that area, that's a different situation. Now, if Steph's at home and he's showing Aisha mad love every single day and she's still saying that she wants to feel validated by other men outside of Steph, okay, that's a problem. That's a problem because you're happily married, I would assume. So why would you want, you know, anybody that's not your husband to have to, you know, hey, little mama, check it out. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I don't think that's valid. But uh, like I said, I'm not. I'm not a, a marriage counselor. I don't know nothing about that. So that's all I have to say about her end. Now, from Steph's end, I can't say like 
dang, like, why would she go on this show and say that? It's making it seem like I'm not doing my job at the crib, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, man, it's a double-headed sword, man. You don't really know who's right and who's wrong in a situation. But another thing that I wanted to mention on the topic was that uh, I, I want to, this would be what I would say to Aisha, to let her know why she feels as though men not shooting a shot at her when she out at the grocery store or something like that, okay? First of all, we know, the whole world knows you are Steph Curry's wife, right? People not finna come at you as if you, you know what I'm saying, some video shorty or some Instagram model because we respect your husband and your family. We see you at every single one of his games. And like I said, this man is one of the, forget the greatest shooters in the NBA. He's arguably one of the greatest players we've seen. He changed the NBA and the culture and the way teams play for years to come. This man literally shifted. He's one of the most influential players we've seen since Allen Iverson, since Kobe, since LeBron, since since Mike. So, you know, we respect Steph Curry. There's nobody, like, if you're a basketball fan, you can't do anything but tip your hat to Steph Curry. So, with that being said, synonymous with that is anything associated with Steph Curry, you also have to respect. So, we see, okay, this is Steph Curry's wife. Yo, okay, she's a very, very beautiful lady. Very, very pretty, pretty girl, man. But you have to know that there's an extent, man. It's just like Michelle Obama. Obama is the man. Barack is the that guy. That's big bro to everybody. To everybody. If we see Michelle, you're going to treat her with respect. You're not going to shoot your shot and talk crazy out your neck to Michelle. Like, what? That's out of, you out of pocket, bro. You're going to be looked at as that dude that just, like, yo, you got no chill, bro. The same goes for Aisha. Like, we respect you, ma'am. <laughs> we wish you nothing but the best. And that's all we, that's all we care about. Like, you just happen to be tied to someone that we just happen to like, no, we can't do it. I'm sorry. We can't do it. Now, are you are there guys who saying that they you know what I'm saying they do out the band that you should yes, I'm pretty sure they are. But they're not gonna say it to a face because that's out of pocket and you're overstepping the boundary. So that's really all I had to say on it. Like I think she could have addressed that in a different way on a different platform, but it happened. And it really shed a lot of light on a lot of ways women think. And I got to get some of my my women friends on this podcast because I got a lot of questions. Because girls, man, are crazy. Girls are crazy. And I really need to just have that dialogue on this pod because me being a guy, just being a nigga by myself. You know, I got my specific mindset based off how society has structured me in. I was raised around women, so I kind of think a little differently than a lot of guys. But at the same time, I'm still only a guy at the end of the day. So on this part, expect more episodes of like more diverse talks as far as gender and gender roles and gender structures in society. Definitely trying to have those conversations. But yeah, that's all I got to say on Aisha Curry joint. Uh, I didn't really want to talk about that too much. Kind of went a little further than I wanted to. But yeah. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, What else? Damn, I got basketball on the agenda. I don't really want to talk about that yet. Uh, let me get into the Tyler Creator. 
review, okay? So Tyler, the Creator, dropped his follow-up album to Flower Boy, which came out in summer of 2017, which was a very, very dope album. I think it was mad underrated. I don't think it got accredited enough. I think it got nominated for a Grammy, but of course it didn't win. It was up against a lot, like 444. Damn is what won the Grammy that year. I know that for a fact. He also won a Pulitzer. Shout out my boy Kung Fu Kenny. Uh, but yeah, so Tyler Creator dropped Igor on Thursday night, Friday morning, however you want to call it. And I listened to it three times since then. And it was, first of all, I tip my hat to this man's creativity. Uh, his production is next level. And I peeped that since Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb was his, was his second, third album. I think it was third, forgive me if I'm wrong, but that was the album that showed me that this man really cares about the quality of what he puts out on his projects. And I realized that he's a very, very good producer and that production is what his main focus is. I really, that was solidified with Flower Boy and then this man just put out Igor and that basically, I'm like, okay, this man don't care about nothing but just melodies, harmonies. And great production. And you could hear the influence of, you can also tell he's inspired by uh, Pharrell, my boy Skateboard P. That's big bro. Shout out my sensei. Um, you can tell he's heavily inspired by NERD and that whole Neptune's Pharrell phase and era where he was just killing it on a production tip. And this album kind of solidified that for me. Now, let me go ahead and just give my review. First of all, if I had to give it on a scale of out of 10, you know what I'm saying, out of 10, I would give this a strong 8.5. Strong 8.5. And I'm going to tell you why. The production, to me, I love, I'm a sucker for a good transition, an album that got crazy transitions, crazy instrumentals, crazy beats, heavy synths in the back, you know, just stuff like that. So this man had like just instruments on top of instruments just playing so beautifully on every single track so automatically that put me out of seven i'm five songs in. i'm like yo he put his whole heart and soul into these beats and um that was dope now it wasn't very lyric heavy there wasn't a lot of um you know just basically just words on the album it wasn't it wasn't a lot of words like he didn't have too many features. I was hoping he was going to get a Frank feature, bro. I was praying that God Frank was going to pop up on a song. That never happened. I think there were only two features, if I'm not mistaken. Two very good features, of course, but only two. Um, Playboy Cardi was on the Earthquake joint. That was track, what, two? And then um, Ye was on track eight called Puppet. And you can really hear Ye on the song. You could just hear his vocals like way, way in the back. But uh, he was on it, nevertheless, still a feature. But the production, man, I, I can't stress that enough. Like He went crazy, bro. Yeah, man, spaz on the production. Now, the only reason that I gave it an 8.5, the reason why I don't think it was a masterpiece, it wasn't better than Flower Boy to me. Of course, I don't like to go into albums expecting, you know, something specific. I don't like to categorize people based off their past discographies. I kind of expect people to push the envelope and progress as artists but this time i feel like he kind of it was a stalemate like it wasn't worse than flower boy but it wasn't better than flower boy to me 
but it was still a good album. Now, Flower Boy has a lot more replay value. Um, there's songs like like 911, Mr. Lonely, See You Again on Flower Boy. Like Those are songs that are very beautifully created and that I feel like I will be playing for a very, very long time. Now, for Igor, I can't see myself playing a lot of these songs three years from now. Now, it was an experience. Don't get me wrong. Like It was a dope experience. Like I'm glad I listened to it. It was cool. It was um, very, very satisfying to like, you know, to my ears sonically. It was just dope. So that's really all I gotta say on it. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Tyler's, you know, creating in a way that he feels comfortable. He doesn't feel like he has to be boxed in. He's always doing something extra and out of, out of the box. And I always gotta applaud whenever an artist does that and does it well. So shout out my man Tyler. Now, the same night, there was a lot of music that dropped. Chance dropped a song, um, that Meg the Stallion Shorty, if you if you into that, she dropped an album, didn't listen to that, so don't expect a review on, on that on here. But uh let me get to DJ Khaled's album. I got one word for the album, bruh. Trash. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know if you would if I got anybody that's DJ Khaled fans that's listening. Yo, that album was so so underwhelming, bro. That's bro. That was trash, man. I the first song hit me. I'm like, okay, he's on to something. It had like heavy, heavy Yeezus vibes to it on the first track. Then I got to the the bro the scissor joint with the Outcast sample. It wasn't even no. It wasn't even a sample, man. Dude just bit the whole Miss Jackson beat. How, bro? I was so frustrated, man. I can't believe. So when I hear the Miss Jackson beat, I'm like, okay, yo, you gotta, you can't, you can't jag on this. This is, this is a classic. And then I hear SZA come on and she did some like out of pocket pop song swag to it. I was, I was cool on the album at that point. I, I just forced myself to play it through. Um, I got to the Travis and Post Malone joint. Still underwhelmed. How can you? How can you have Travis Scott and Post Malone, two of the biggest, biggest artists out right now? Travis is one of my favorite artists out right now. And the song be garbage, man. I don't get it. I did not get that. And Travis sounded like 08 T-Pain on the, on the hook. Like, in, in a bad way. Because 08 T-Pain was raw. But this, he had like this weird, squeaky, auto-tone sound on the joint. I was... <sighs> I was just disappointed, man, in the entire album. In the entire album. The only, like, standouts I saw um, was, like, the Nip and John Legend joint. That was pretty cool. It was good to hear Nip on the song one last time. Uh, the video was kind of cool. Uh, Big Sean's verse was dope on whatever song he was on. That's all I remember saying. All right, bro, spaz it. But everything else was just, just, just subpar man i was not impressed at all i was kind of like just hurt by dj Khaled, man because usually he delivers like his last album i'm not i'm not going to say he has great albums because they're all compilation albums but usually he got like two three four standout tracks that you like okay this is a hit this is a hit like with wild thoughts when he had rihanna and bryson tiller on that bro that was a hit that was a summer smash anthem and like this i don't see any of these songs any of these songs taken off at all. So, 
man, the album was some mid. I ain't gonna lie, it was straight, straight low grade. But yeah, that's the review I want to give. I want to just make sure y'all knew like how I felt about it. Hopefully, you guys, if y'all liked it, then hey, that's dope. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing. But me personally, it wasn't for me. I definitely deleted that off my library as soon as I got done listening to it. Yeah, I, I, I was super cool on that joint, for real. I was cool on it. All right, let me get into some uh, some 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 TV, man. It's been a minute since we talked about TV and film on here. I've been talking about films, like the, the blockbuster films that have been coming out, like the Avengers and stuff. But hasn't been a lot of TV going on. I don't really watch Game of Thrones, so I apologize if you're a Game of Thrones fan. I'm not hip to that. Like that's gonna be one of them shows. Like I'm gonna be mad late. Like watch two years from now, I'm gonna be talking like, "Yo, Game of Thrones busting. I'm late." Yeah, the same thing with One Punch Man. I just found out about that, bro. It's on Hulu. Nobody put me on, bro. So you know, I'm just discovering that show. But uh, there have been a lot of announcements of a lot of shows that I rock with coming back with new seasons. I want to start it off. Snowfall FX comes on FX, of course. We'll be back on in July, man. Yo, July's going to be a great month for a lot of content, both film, movies, music, sneakers. It's a lot of dope stuff. Events. You got Sneaker Con. I mean, not Sneaker Con. Complex Con. Like, there's a whole lot going on in July. That's going to be a mad busting month. I'm excited for that. And your boy turning 22, Deuce Deuce, in July. So, that's going to be a very legendary month, man. I'm excited. But Snowfall FX. If you're not hip to that show, man, watch season one of that. That was uh, executive produced by the late, great John Singleton. R.P. that man. But, uh, yo, that is a great show, man, about about the crack epidemic in the 80s and about a kid in South Central L.A. surviving, man. It's a very dope show. Check it out. Season two will be airing in July. I also saw that Rick and Morty. Season 4 is coming out in November. I'm mad excited about that, man. I've been waiting for a new season of that for a long time. So it's dope to see Rick and Morty is coming back. One of the funniest animated shows I've seen since probably like Boondocks, bro. For real. Like, it is next level. Super next level. So I'm excited for that. And then uh, Black Mirror Mirror Season 5 is coming in June. And uh, that's a Netflix joint. Black Mirror is... A crazy sci-fi series on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, get hip. Like every episode, it's not one of those episodes where you have to start from season one and work your way up because there's no chronological order. There's no story plot where the episodes intertwine and are, they coexist. Each episode is like a basically a, a standalone short film, and uh, some of them will really mess your head up, man. I, I remember it was one episode I was scared to go to sleep after I watched it because it was just like yo life is crazy like is this real and it's basically just turns it talks about how if technology just got mad out of hand like if especially if like a lot of like technological advancements got into the wrong hands so it's crazy to think how realistic a lot of those scenarios could be but yeah black mirror season five will be coming out in june i think they said uh the only down part about that is that they Bro, it's only three episodes dropping. Like, the first three seasons, or I mean, the first four seasons had, like, like five, six, seven, eight episodes per season. So, the fact that only three are coming out, and we've been waiting so long for only three episodes, it's kind of disappointing. But, nevertheless, still excited that Black Mirror is coming back. Coming, coming back. 
Uh, also, I saw in the trailer, we got some black storylines. That's something I don't think I've really seen in the first few seasons of Black Mirror. Uh, they got my boy Falcon from uh, The Avengers on the joint. He got his own standalone episode. I think I saw like Miley Cyrus trying to get on, back on her acting tip. So that should be a very, very dope season. I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, that's really all I got for TV. So, I'm going to wrap this podcast up talking about some basketball topics, okay? I'm not going to get into the Chicago Bulls yet. I'm not even going to get into the NBA playoffs yet. There's been some crazy news headlines with some sports people lately, man. Like Tyreek Evans just got uh, dismissed from the league for two years for failing the drug test. Um, and it wasn't even like sports enhancement drugs. It was just like dude just off the booger sugar or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy to hear. And we've been hearing that a lot recently. Like, Chris Anderson was banned from the league for that. And then uh, O.J. Mayo was banned from the league for the same reason. So, it's just crazy. Like, some of these, bro, and we all know about the Lamar Odom situation. So, some of these people be in the league really be having drug problems, man. And I'm not doing that to poke fun. It's just like, that's something that might need to be talked about amongst that community of, like, hoopers, bro. If you in the league... You know, I know they treat that like a fraternity, man. Like, y'all need to check on y'all boys for real. But, uh, man, Chris Porzingis, who was just traded to the Dallas Mavericks from the New York Knicks, was overseas, I believe. I believe. I don't think he was in the U.S. He was overseas at, like, a club somewhere. And then, uh, yo, first of all, if you don't know who Chris Porzingis is, he's a great hooper. Great hooper. He's the future of the league. But he's a big dude. That's a that's a that's a tall cat for real. He like seven seven one seven two. This man was at a club and got jumped like bad. Like he was bleeding everything. Got jumped because he doesn't hoop for the New York Knicks anymore. That's out of pocket. Your fans be wilding for real for real. But yeah, I just wanted to like inform y'all. I don't know if y'all heard about that, but he was like beat up really bad. Um, he's good now, which is good. Thank you God. But yeah, I don't, I don't get how you were able to, like, perfectly execute jumping a seven-footer. Like, I don't know. I don't know. who was the Whoever the first person was to swing on dude must have, he either really tall and big himself, or that man jumped with all his might and, like, snuck, snuck him dude. I don't know. But that was crazy to me. Also, Josh Jackson, who's a, who's a young cat, he hoops for the Phoenix Suns. So this man... Was at Rolling Loud uh, past weekend, you know, a festival that everybody was teed about. I heard that was very good. I heard a lot of good reviews about it. Um, so he calls himself, you know, deciding to slide to Rolling Loud. It's the offseason. The Suns, they make the playoffs. So they they booling right now. He slides to Rolling Loud. And I guess he say, yo, I'm in the NBA now. I got the sauce. Let me go backstage, even though I ain't got no VIP pass. So he steps backstage and they check him like, yo, bro, what you, what's the big idea? What you think you got going on? He's like, yo, I'm just trying to get backstage. He's like, bro, you're like, I feel you, but you need a VIP pass to get back here. So I guess he just said, nah, bro, like, that's dead. Let me back. And he was like, no, bro, that's dead. Like, you got to go. And he just raised chaos. They called 12. Josh Jackson gets arrested. He's in handcuffs. This man resists arrest by running away while in handcuffs. Josh Jackson, a hooper, he's 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 on he's making millions, man. He's young. He's only like 20. He's been in the league for like a year, a year or two. And this man is like causing chaos as if he not, you know what I'm saying, like a pro ball player. 
Like he's like in high school trying to sneak on as a Lollapalooza or something like that. So that headline was mad, just weird to me. I don't know what his train of thought was. He clearly couldn't have been in the right state of mind to like do that. I know he might get charged. He's he's facing a, a potential felony or something like that for resisting arrest. Uh, I just don't know what was going through his head. Hopefully the lead doesn't take like major, uh, you know, actions towards the situation. Maybe hopefully he's not like, you know, penalized in a crazy way by the NBA, like suspended for a long time or something like that. But I just always, I just thought that was weird, bro. Like, man, you just go ahead. People, I heard people was like, dude, you could have hit me, man. Like I got VIP passes on deck, bro. Like you could have hit me. You didn't have to go all, do all that. So that was just weird, man. That was weird, but <sighs> yo, it's so hard being a Bulls fan, bro. It's it's painful. It is painful. So the NBA lottery was in Chicago uh, this past week, and this was the time that basically a lot of people have been waiting for. A lot of teams were tanking because Zion is is declared for the draft he's looking to come to the nba and there were a lot of teams just like yo we need him i know the phoenix suns were wishing for him new york knicks were wishing for him us in chicago the bulls were wishing for him it was a lot of teams praying so i'm watching the thing and we had a 12.5 percent of getting the number one pick now that doesn't sound like a lot but i was very hopeful because if y'all remember we got a guy by the name of Derek rose in 08 and we also had a 1.7% chance of getting him. And we ended up getting him. So that was dope. So I'm like, okay, anything is possible, man. Anything is possible. I'm praying, yo. I'm praying. I got my lucky socks on. I got my, I literally, I had my Derrick Rose socks on, bro. I'm like, this is it. We finna get Zion. We back in the playoffs. We back contending. We off the band. Let's get it. So I'm watching it, bro. And I'm like, okay, even if we don't get the number one pick, we easily top three. Gotta be. That man pulled out the car after the eighth pick and said the Chicago Bulls will be picking at number seven. And, bro, my my heart was just so broken, man. Like, you would have thought, like, like a, a girl, like, ghosted me or was, you know what I'm saying? It was one of those feelings, like, that feeling that you probably could only get from, like, you know what I'm saying? From being in love, that was the feeling. The Chicago Bulls constantly give me that feeling. But that was the feeling I felt. I haven't felt that in a long time. And I felt it the other day when I found out the Bulls would not be getting. I wasn't even tripping that the Bulls not getting Zion, bro. I was just tripping that we didn't even get a top three pick, man. Now, hopefully, uh, Cam Reddish is still available at number seven and we can get him. I really don't think he will be because a lot of teams are aware of how good that dude is about to be in the league. So, I don't know, man. I just pray the Bulls... <laughs> I just pray the Bulls think of something to do, something. Hopefully, we sign somebody in the offseason, bring my boy D-Rose back to the crib, something, man. I don't know what it, what they have planned, but, hey, time will tell. We're going to see. But uh, keeping it on basketball, the NBA playoffs have been pretty busting lately. That Kawhi Leonard shot, was it, it will go down as one of the most, like, <laughs> crazy moments in NBA history for real, like, even that picture of him squatting, you know, waiting for the ball to go in as Joel and B sitting right there, like that that's gonna go down as one of the most iconic photos ever captured in like not even just NBA history, but sports history if you ask me. Uh but yeah, the playoffs have been really good right now. The Milwaukee Bucks are up 2-0 against Toronto. 
and Golden State is up 2-0 against uh freaking who are they playing? Who are they playing? Oh, Portland, Portland. So yeah. Uh playoffs are really good. If you would have told me like five years ago that the Milwaukee Bucks will be like looking at an opportunity to go to the NBA finals, like for real, for real, like they're two games away. From going to the NBA Finals, especially if you told me they'd be going to the NBA Finals before the Chicago Bulls, bro, I would have thought you was drunk as hell, like for real. But that's really what's about to happen. And I've been seeing a lot of like, I'm my barber. My barber was uh, actually at the Bucks game the other day, so I'm expecting a whole lot of you know slight bandwagon. You know, we kind of bounce. You know, it's a border Milwaukee, like an hour and a half away. I'm I'm expecting a whole lot of that. Um, so. Yo, if Milwaukee go to the finals, man, that's who I'm rooting for. I ain't gonna lie. Giannis is the man. That's my MVP vote for real. I think he should get it. But, um, yeah, that's really all I gotta say. So, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up right here, man. Thank you so much for tuning in. For real, for real. Uh, it's been yet another good episode. You know, this wasn't real exciting. I tried to keep it chill. You know, I'll try to create episodes that, like, for my people who sit at work all day and need something to listen to, you know, they probably want to listen to music all the time. I create these episodes, try to keep them calm, bull, collected, you know, like, you know, just for us to enjoy while we sitting, you know, getting our work done. Go ahead and let this kick in your ear, let it rock, and hopefully we can have these conversations. Hit me, man. Also, uh, the Twitter for the Emerging Being That Podcast is live. You can follow it at Billionaire Pod. That is at Billionaire Pod. Follow. We will follow back. Show us some love. You know what I'm saying? Listen to all of the content. I post it all on there. Also, kind of, you know, tweets. I treat it like a burner account. So I'll be just tweeting what I feel. But yeah, go ahead and make sure you follow your boy. And uh, we appreciate you, man. So we'll see y'all next time for episode six. Much love to everyone on the sound of my voice. Peace out, y'all. Be smooth. Yes, sir. Take another take of that, or is that good? Oh, no, you're good. All right. Well, there we have it.